listener. Born Funny People, episode 17, big one. And the first time we have had a sporting superstar also turned funny man. Well, was always a funny man. Yes, or was he? Spoilers. Oh, no, I feel like he was. Isn't that the whole point of this podcast? No, that's true. That's (laughs) true. And I've given it, it's been 14 seconds. (laughs) It's like, no, I think he was. I even gave you the chance to to backpedal. I was like, oh, was he, Dave? Yep. Yep. No, Jim, we chatted to him the other day, remember? Uh, Jake Nicholson was a ghost, right? (laughs) You don't mean Jack Nicholson, do you? Yeah, wasn't he? Bruce Willis. Oh, shit. Oh, now you've given it away. <laughs> well, no, you know what I'm thinking of? Red rum. What's that? I, I don't think the shining. The shining, but I don't think it's a definitive answer that he was a. What did you say? A ghost or dead? Ghost, dead, one of. Well, you don't know. It's very ambiguous. He's in the photo at the end of the movie. I think there's fan fiction that have all said different things. things. What, what about when we discovered fan fiction wasn't about. Like you and I, thought I thought it was fiction. all sex related. <laughs> yeah, we did that on the show. We thought fan fiction was all about people, you know, Harry's Harry Potter mind and Rod. Well, Hagrid's in the corner. No, that's not though. No. Unless they're well out of school, because <laughs> the whole school. Well, no, as adults, right? That's fine. They're now, adults now. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this is years no, now. out of school. <laughs> this is now, right? At school, no. <laughs> Obviously. At school, no. Isn't but they've well, isn't left. He half giant? <laughs> Imagine the size of his. Stop. Stop. Speaking of, Wendell Saylor is. <laughs> pretty sure Wendell mentions his penis, like, right at the start. Does he? Because he goes, we asked. Sorry. Nate's already spoiled it. He was yeah, born yeah. funny. Yeah. And then it's we funny, asked. Like, well, well, you're, the, uh, you're born funny. He's like, yeah. I'm a free spirit. I like to be free. And we're mm. like, oh, that's why we're all, you go, that's why we're all naked. And he goes, that's why they call me Big Dell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have a big hammer, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I know this isn't a radio show, but maybe for a radio show, 131060, who has a bigger hammer, Hagrid or Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy episode 17 of Born Funny. Funny people. An odd bunch, really. Not your usual folk. They've been making us knee slaps since the ancient Greeks. But what makes these real-life jesters tick? Perhaps today we should ask this person. Wendell Saylor. Tell me, were you born funny? And I wasn't born that funny, but I was born a free spirit. Very, very free, just quietly. <laughs> so free. He's in here nude at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, get the round of applause ready for a man, uh, both an Indigenous Torres Strait Islander and a larger-than-life figure who became one of the highest-profile rugby league converts of all time. A superb athlete with a magnificent build. He weighed 106 kilos and stood 191 <laughs> centimetres tall. So he had the unique ability to run powerfully at an express pace. He spent nine seasons with the Brisbane Broncos, scored 110 tries in 189 first-grade games, represented Queensland and the state of origin and played for Australia. Then in 2001, Saylor rocked the Rugby League world when it was announced he agreed to switch to Rugby Union. He played for the Queensland Reds that year, played every match of the 2002 Super Rugby season, won a spot in the 2003 Rugby World Cup squad and scored the opening try of the tournament against Argentina. You might know Wendell now as the super talented athlete and charismatic host of Sydney's Triple M's The Rush Hour. However, we have the pleasure of getting to know the humorous and the witty side, the free spirit of the man. Please welcome to the show the bloody hilarious Wendell Saylor! Wendell! 
Wow. Well, guys, you know what? It's, it's great to be here. And obviously, uh, I, I love you guys. I remember I used to do a few laps in through the um, uh, SCA here, and I used to like some of you guys. I don't know. Just You guys have a really good vibe about you. And I didn't really know who you guys were. <laughs> don't take this personally yeah. until the radio awards. <laughs> That's fair enough. And then who was it that dressed up as uh, the, the trophy or the, uh, the producer award? Producer Grace. That yeah. was Producer Grace. Where yeah. is Producer Grace? Upstairs. She yeah. went to a different show. She, she left uh, us. Yeah, she left but us. It was good. Like, I loved how she, that's commitment right there. Oh, yeah. 100%. We exactly. talked about, you guys could just, you know, wear whatever you want and you guys were great. And I actually sat there and go, I like these guys. And then <laughs> asked a few questions at our table because, you know, we had a really good table there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was good. But yeah. so well done, guys, because I haven't won a radio award yet. I've won a Logie, but like, <laughs> I don't want to give yourself a rap. It was on the footy show. I was part of that team. Are you, are you going to the Acres this year, the radio awards? Yeah, I am. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to look sexy as hell too, just quietly. Well, so. we're, we're opening it. We're, hey. we're yeah, opening we've the awards. So, are you thing. really? Yeah. yeah so, and I don't care what it says on the awards that we're presenting. I'm just going to read out Wendell Saylor every time. So oh. you're walking away with 10 awards, bro. <laughs> oh, look, it's not about me. It's about you guys. You guys are doing a really good job. Um, but it's great because I actually said this year too, we're not even nominated. N- not not really? nominated. Yeah. Bullshit. I, I don't know what we're doing wrong. I, I, I can't yeah. carry those boys anymore. <laughs> Gus and Jude, I need you to lift. <laughs> yeah, Del putting in all the hard yards. Oh, He's here early. Yep. He walks the corridors. Oh, I yeah, I yeah. I go to the rooftop in case you have some Instagram. I love the rooftop. It's my happy place. <laughs> Mate, Del, can, so- I, can I ask you, just go and let's go well back. Yeah. Like we, we all sort of know you nowadays, you know, you're in front of the media, you're doing TV, you're doing radio, you know, played, like I said, for Australia Rugby League, Rugby Union. But what was young Del like? Were you the same fella you were when you were a young this kid? Jovial, larger than life character. Was no, that always there? No, look, to be honest, I think people, you know, without, I don't know, getting too serious, People, um, I was adopted at two days old. Uh, I never got to meet my birth dad. Um, my mum, she had six kids to three different uh, guys. Yeah. And so there was a part of me that, um, you know, for a long time, didn't really like who I was, didn't know where I was from. And um, sometimes you put on a mask and you put on, you know, a certain persona to get yourself wherever you need to go. Uh, and this will shock you. I was always good at sport. Yep. Boy, wasn't great at schoolwork. This will shock you. If Wendell didn't talk so much, he could get more done and, and not spend so much time outside. Yeah. Um, so one thing I try and do is is see the best in people because I know through the, my, my – not my journey, but through my time getting to where I'm going, I had to work extremely hard. Um, I had a little bit of talent, but the people around me um, let me grow and let me be myself. And that's why I think radio is perfect for me, but also I understand – what we do on air, but mm. also the work behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, I, I, I went through a lot of racism. Uh, I went through a lot of bullying as a kid. I got bullied from grade grade three till about grade nine. Yeah. And then I got a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, yeah. and I became popular. But I, I was always good with, with my age group. It was just the older kids that used to bully me. What was the was the bullying about the color of your skin yeah. or where you're from or what was it yeah, about? Yeah, it was the color of my skin, like uh, how dark I was, and there was names that was that, that I was called. Regularly, and then I'd be on a cricket trip uh, for Mackay because I grew up with Kathy Freeman. Oh wow! It was me, Kathy Freeman, uh, Jeff Hugel. There was guys like from, from my town. Yeah. Uh, ben Barber, um, Daly Cherry Evans, Ruben Cotter. Yeah. Wow. Mackay Serena. Um, yeah. It was. It was a great. Serena was was a hardworking um, sort of farm and um, mining industry. Yeah. And it was tough. But even when I go wherever I go, people go, oh, "I'm from Serena Mackay," and I love it. I get excited because I'm very loyal to that to my hometown because. As in a hometown where you grow up, um, I, I'm very lucky to grow up there, but it's the people that have the old school mentality of trying to put you in your place and, and you know, and that, that come, that's a byproduct of their parents. Yeah. yeah. When, when did you get the personality? Like, when did you, when did well, this deal we see now, when did that start? About, about grade nine, about grade 10. So when I played sport, I, I felt like I could dominate on a sporting field, like off the field, um, 
in a classroom when it was mass and English, this will shock you. I'd try to annoy people because if I didn't know the answer, I'd try and get everyone in, like, you know. And the teacher would go, Mr. Sailor, just go outside. You're not, you're not keen to be yeah, here today. This is group work. It's yeah, group work. Yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork. So, so I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And, and look, my teachers, you know, sometimes I got sent to the office and, and, and the, mate, the headmaster, he loved me. He just goes, he, I'd walk in and he goes, what did you do today? <laughs> it's a bit like here sometimes yeah. in the Rex Morris. Uh, but uh, and that was good. So I understood what I could do and what I couldn't do. And, mm. and I suppose sometimes you need to understand, you have to go through things to get there. So even like now, I, I love what I do. I love working here. I've been here 10 years. But even to get this job here, no one would understand. When I was 18, 19 at the Broncos, yeah. I, used to, I used to do the Black Thunders as a young Bronco. Have a guess who was my driver? Who was you? Driver, Russia, the wasn't it? Was it Andrew G? Andrew G. Yeah. Was it Andrew yeah. G? There so you once go. a week, once a week, the Broncos would go, "Hey, listen, uh, they want you to go around and do because B one hundred five was our thing." Yeah, and I think Rexy Morris was there, and there was all, all this stuff. And I mate, don't forget, I was eighteen nine at the time playing for the Broncos. Yeah, yeah. And I was single, so I thought I'll meet girls. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't that hard, but it was great. But yeah. that gave me an insight to uh, to radio. Yeah, and to thinking, oh, I'd love to do this. So yeah. Yeah. What, what what um age you know you're talking about you developed that personality that we all know now when you know you're about was it year nine we got a big Aaron oh, Woods is outside Woodsy Woodsy Premiership ring Woodsy yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woodsy's been trying to get on this fucking board yeah. party so, podcast funny for people, weeks. Yeah, funny Woodsy, people. Woodsy you're not funny mate go away <laughs> no, but Woodsy's a talent I love Woodsy he's good um, yeah. where did you know that you could make a career out of playing sports was it the same age no I got to about grade ten and grade eleven and then I started making a lot of rep sides I started making North Queensland. And anyone, anyone that knows North Queensland, um, it, it's got such a great area for, for sporting people. Gordon Tallis, there was Gene Mole, Sam Thiday, uh, Jonathan Thurston, obviously. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he ended up being up there. But North Queensland is, and far North Queensland, Billy Slater. Yeah, of course. We, we love playing sport. Yeah. You, yeah, you yeah. just see it, you know. So, I mean, Dell, when you, I want to go back to in school. So, you know, yeah. when you get in trouble, you get sent to the principal's office, you know, the teacher getting up, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then were you using humor to get away yeah. with things? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. I was using humour uh, for two reasons, to get away with things and also <laughs> to deflect, to deflect yeah. the pain that I was feeling sure. in and around. Because I remember, you know, like, as I said to you, like, the racism stuff, not so much, even the bullying stuff, you know, people just putting you down because my mum and dad didn't have much money. We didn't have much money at all. So even to go on those sporting trips, mum and dad would have to, like, uh, buy something and have, you know, the, ra the raffles and all that sort of stuff. And then family members and sporting members, you know, they'd buy, you know, they'd buy something. And sometimes... The stuff we used to buy, mum and dad, we used to put it on lay-by. Yeah. So, and we had a really, my, my dad was a really hard worker on the railway. Um, love him so much. And, you know, it's been a tough couple of years because mum passed away three years ago mm. uh, in COVID, as you guys know. So for me, um, working here and playing sport goes hand in hand. But yeah, but that for me, I just I just wanted my mum and dad, uh, you know, who, who both adopted me yeah, um, to be proud of me. And I know they are, but... I just understand the sacrifices they made. And would you take, you know, that humor, obviously you used it at school with the teachers and stuff. When you went home, of course, you know, your mum and dad's struggling to get you through school and all the stuff that you need. Would you also bring humor back home as well? Oh, yeah, a little bit. But, like, I just, at home I could be myself with mum and dad. Like, this was shocking. I had my mum wrapped around my little finger. So <laughs> so when I got in trouble for something, you know, this was shocking. I got the cuts in grade one. I won't say what for. Um <laughs> And um, remember Dale, Sh Dale Shearer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad gave me the cuts in grade one. Oh, oh. wow. 
Yeah, yeah so, teacher or yeah, it, it was the headmaster. Oh, so oh. I got sent to the office, and I got three cuts. I put my hand out. I pulled, I pulled, I pulled it away the first time. Oh, and then, yeah, and then I got, and then I got the second and third cut. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So you would come home, and you know, what would Mum say when you know Dell's been in trouble again? At well, school? I just what did you do this time? It was that <laughs> like, what did you do this time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. I wasn't a bad kid, but cheeky. I, yeah, that's 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 the word. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. think it's like you know at, at yeah. school it's it's weird like because in life you don't really get rewarded to be an all rounder, right? When you're an adult, you, you find what you're good at and you hammer in on it. Nathan and I used to get in trouble because we were talking all the time. That was our thing. Pleasant yeah, but talkative. Yeah. Pleasant but talkative. But do you think you would have been better at school if maybe they identified and went, well, you should put all your eggs in the sports basket rather than trying to do the, the maths and all that sort of, you know, other stuff? Yeah, and no, I understand that. But I just think that as in kids go, and that's like me, um, I still get a little bit of anxiety in that too because if, if I'm not good at something, when I walk into a function, so I, you know, and I'm getting nervous. I get that nervous energy still. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it's good that we that we teach the kids that they have to have to be educated. They have yeah. to learn maths. They have to learn English. So yeah. Dell, tell us. You're 19. You're at the Bronx. Uh, are they supporting larger than life, Dell? They're like, come on, mate. You got to rein it in now. You're, a, you know. Well, to be honest, when, when I went to the Broncos as an 18 year old, Wayne Bennett was really good with me. Um, but he said he didn't really want to sign me because. He said I was a bit full of myself, and uh, <laughs> he said I was a bit of a lazy, a lazy player and lazy trainer. Yeah, yeah. Just when we played for North Queensland, and myself and Anthony Seabold, we actually got signed in the same year. Yeah, wow. So the funny thing is, um, if I went to another club at that age, I don't think I would have made it. Um, really? Well, just because Brisbane was like a big country town, if I came to Sydney, I didn't drink till I was twenty-one. Yep. Um, because of the notion too that if you're an Indigenous bloke or you know you're black. Um, Mate, you, you take shortcuts, you know, you drink alcohol, you know, you party and that. So obviously that came later. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, Wayne was great for me, and, and but the club was good for me. The older players kept me in line. Yeah. Alan Langer, Kevy Walters, Glenn Lazarus, they just said, hey, listen, we know you can play, but, you know, you know better than us and you've got to do the tough, you know, hard yards because they created the culture. And I was happy to just be a part of the squad. Yeah, yeah. So that made me work hard, you know. So in that, like, in the like, you know, training and in the sheds and stuff, could you hold your own in like a, in a combo in a chat with oh, them? Oh, of course. Mate. Yeah. Like, look, one thing I'll say about myself is, I've always been able to hold a conversation, whether it's in a corporate sense or a charity or you know, just even um, sledging. You know, I've always been able to be a good sledger. Yeah. And uh, always been able to talk, and I've always been smarter than people think. So yeah. Um, you know, people call it charisma, people call it whatever they want, people call it just, you know, you talk too much, but I know exactly what I'm doing. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you guys, you know, we, we all know what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point as well, because I mean, Del, this is the first time we've had an athlete and an athlete at the top of their game who's obviously gone into media, gone into radio and that's someone we wanted to, you know, explore the humor with as well. It's a different pathway, but this yeah. is an uh, interesting question. So on, on the sledging, were you able to disarm people with comedy as well on the field? Yeah, like if, if they were getting up, you you know, you know, putting elbows in your face, getting into, like, especially when you're a kid playing, you know, yeah. rugby league for the Bronx and stuff, I'd imagine there'd be a bit of that. How would you go back at them? Oh, because I, I'd be smart enough to sort of go at them about something around what they did. I wouldn't take their, uh, you know, their girlfriends or their wives or something, but I'd be smart enough to think about something that would take them away from what they're doing that day, just, you know, and I'll get the wood over them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, <laughs> like, but even like, I think there's a bloke called, uh, you know, there's a couple of blokes I've played like Dead and Camp and that who were really quick. Yeah. And um, I threatened to throw him into the grandstand, you know? Just, <laughs> I did, I did. I think Kempy spoke about that and yeah. uh, when I was on his podcast, and uh, yeah. he looked at me, and um, and I, I knew I was a bit fatter and a bit older. You know, I came back at you know I came back after my suspension, which we'll talk about. Yeah. But at thirty four and that, and then I just thought this Den and Kempy's quick, and <laughs> and then I got excited because I was playing, and then I thought I thought if this boy gets on the outside of me and embarrasses me, what am I going to do? And then he started smiling at me, and then there's a little man in my head, and I started clicking. I looked at him and go, "What are you smiling at?" Yeah. And he goes, "What?" 
I said, mate, you run at me again and I'll throw you into the grandstand. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> he came to the Dragons. Yeah. And he goes, Del, you know when I played against you when I was, you know, at the Broncos and that? He yeah. goes, I looked at you and I was just going, can't we have played against Wendell Saylor? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, and right, I, yeah. I didn't see it that way because I'm older. I'm, I'm sort of nearly, you know, at the end of my career, I'm a has-been. I wasn't the player that I was before I had my time out of the game. Yeah. Um, which I don't care. When you get older, you can see the old blokes who, who throw the elbows, who, you know. And yeah. So I had to use comedy too and um, – I had a couple of good run-ins with some of the boys uh, over the years. We're, we're talking about you know your, your run-ins and whether you yeah. said something on the field or whatever. And I did see Drew Mitchell mention on his podcast. You, you're playing for the Waratahs. He's playing for the Reds. Um, like, yeah. well, go through us. What happens when you take him on the field? Well, look, I'm not a narcissist, okay? But yeah. I like to think that I'm very good at what I do. So yeah. whether I'm watching other teams and other players. So when I left the Queensland Reds, it, it wasn't in a great state. Players were going to the Western Force. There was Nathan Sharp and other players are leaving. And I thought to myself... If I'm going to be the best version of myself, I can't stay here and fix. I'm getting older. I'm supposed to be getting better, mm. not having to bring the next generation through. That's not what I want to do. So Lottie Dekiri called me, um, you know, who, who was a pretty fair player himself. Yeah. He goes, mate, he goes, mate, you should come to the Waratahs. And I said, mate, no way. I said, how can I leave Queensland to come to the Waratahs? Yeah. He goes, mate, you'd love it down here. Sydney, you know, mate, blah, 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 this, that. And then, then Matt Rogers calls me. Yeah. And I thought, okay, you know what, these these – these two blokes I respect. Um, you know, I played, you know, played for Australia with them and I played um, Queensland with them and played against them. I thought, you know what, and obviously played for the Wallabies together because we have a bond we have a bond that no one's gonna break. We saw what happened to the Wallabies just recently, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I know they blame the league sometimes. Anyway, so um, so I spoke to you McKenzie and he goes, mate, we'd love to have you. So it was the same money, no more, no less, okay? But I knew third party deals in Sydney, bright lights. Yeah. And yeah, and so I took them took the money and then I remember Drew Mitchell, he was obviously the next young star coming up mm. coming through there because they used to call him the White Wendell, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, and then and that's who they, yeah. And I'd, I'd go to the boys, the White Wendell, I said, Ooh. mate. And actually when he was uh, there, I was going, oi, mate, oi, get off my coattails, mate, you know? <laughs> anyway, so mate, me and Drew always been like good mates and yeah, I yeah, helped yeah. bring him through and um, I probably wasn't the best mentor for him because I was teaching him how to punt and, and eat toasted sandwiches before games. Uh, well, Drew got me into Ramwick. He yeah, called me to come over to Ramwick and play. Told you. Yeah, See, yeah. I, well, I must have told you're the something. white Drew Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know the shit Drew yeah, Mitchell. Yeah. And so, so when I went to the Waratahs, um, uh, Queensland, all the little thing like you know Boo Dell and, and mate, they gave it to me like when I went there, Wendells or Wanker. And then yeah. for me, the more you go at me. The more, I, the more I just go, okay, let's go. You know, I go to a dark place, I go, right, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So they, they were kicking to me, and every time they kicked to me, I'd go back at them. Yeah. And there was a fight on it, I'd be in there, and I'd be like, you know, <laughs> thinking, oh, oh, you know. And then I was pushing blokes around with my teammates and my mates. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, they switched wingers, and they put Drew on me. Yeah, yeah. Went, oh, oh. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. What, what, what is he going to do? How's he going to stop me? And sure enough, I come back. As, as I got it, they kicked to me. I go bang off the left foot, yeah. and Drew Mitchell goes, Hey, big Dell, you need to get more than left foot. And then in my head, I go, right, yo. Yeah. Fucking bang. <laughs> I said, how's that for a fucking left foot? I'm serious, mate. That's that, that's that dark place you go to. Yeah. Anyway, and then he sort of like, and I can't believe I punched him. I drew. Yeah. Wallaby teammate, yeah. mate. Anyway, yeah. So we go out afterwards. This will shock you. Yeah. I'm out in the town afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. we beat the Reds. Yeah. Anyway, so my wife there, Tara's there, and, and she loves Drewy. And she goes, oh, Drewy, what happened to your eye? <laughs> 
He goes, ask your husband. <laughs> and Tara goes, Wendell. I said, he's been a bit too lippy, Tara. That's what happens. Don't, don't mistake my kindness for weakness, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love Drew. Drew and I, we're sweet now. We've had plenty of good nights together and good days. You know, you know Drew loves a good time. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you go through some of you know, the wallaby wingers and stuff. I feel like that's where a lot of the character came yeah. from uh, in Australian sport. Well, not even in rugby league as well. A Everywhere. lot of the characters. Why, yeah. why is that? Why is it all the, the wingers and the outside backs? Sorry to go very sport heavy no, everybody but right. but I mean why do you think the character often comes from the outside backs why is that I tell you why because they're the flamboyant ones you know yeah. you look you look at the Fords you look at the halves and all that you know the halves are cheeky you've seen it you know Georgie Gregan he was great too yeah. he was a bit cheeky the death stare he'd give you the death stare Alan Langer Alan Lang is still like having fun, you know. Making a Caxton Street on the table. A couple of weeks ago when my son Tristan played at the Broncos, yeah. he, he looks at me and he goes, he goes, mate, come to Caxton. No, mate, I'm not coming to the Caxton. I'm 49, mate. I don't mind a drink, but I'm not going out. Like, why are you even going out? You're 56, mate. Mate. And that's the era that I came through is that era, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's even in the NFL, like the wide receivers, they're all the – why Why is it? Is it because you're the ones who scores the tries? Yeah, I, I like... think, you know, it is. And, and you know this. You're like, you get your outside backs, even like Sterling Mortlock. Yeah. Sterling Mortlock was pretty Larry too, you know, and you saw that try that he scored. And he's, he was on that podcast as well. He was yeah. like, Sterling's come in and go, oh, yeah, boys, what's happening? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, big belly. Mate, and even for me, I was going, boys, what's going on with Sterling, you know? But, that, but that's – that's the fun makeup of a team. And yeah. that's one thing I miss in, in, in team. Like, I love being here at uh, SCA, you know, because we are a team and we do have fun. And, you know, when we're working in the afternoon at 2.33 and everyone can have a drink, there's a fun moment in me going, oh, I just want to be on that rooftop, you know. <laughs> it's not the case, but yeah. Uh, do, do you think over your career, sorry, Nate, that yeah. um, you were encouraged to be Big Dell or were you fighting at times with people saying you to rein yourself in, yeah. your personality? A bit of both. Look, I had some coaches who understood if, if, if they let me go and be myself, what I could bring to a team. Yeah. If you try and harness what I got, it's not going to be good because you're going to get the best out of me. Like even, you know, even the show that I work on now, Rush Hour, like those guys know how to let me have fun on that. But when they have to rein me in, they rein me in. And so yeah. I, I, you know, I can, you know, I know what to do to get the best out of myself. But also I know how to be the best that I can be in a team. Yeah. Do you think in sport as well? I mean, obviously in, in professional sport, it's all about marketing and people want to come and not just see their favorite team, but see their favorite player. Yes. For a lot of fans of both rugby league and rugby union, that was you. Like people came mm. not to particularly watch the team, but you know, just to see what Dell was going to do. The magic yeah. that like this 106 kilo winger would do on the, you know, stirring up the, yeah. like the opposition and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that is important in you know fashioning who you are as like someone who's funny and charismatic and all that kind of stuff out, away from the skill? You know, so yeah. yeah do you think? But that? I think you know you're right there. I, I want people to understand the person that they sit on the see on the field is not necessarily the person to see off the field. Even though I have fun, like if someone goes to me, oh, big deal, can we get a, oh, you know, big deal, you love yourself more than anyone else. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I've put on that persona, so that's okay. So yeah, I'll have that photo and we'll have some fun with it. Never a problem with me. And yeah. even even my daughter, my daughter goes to, to my wife the other day, hey, mum, did you know dad? He was he was better than, than I thought, you know? <laughs> and, but that's okay, because yeah. when I go home, I'm a dad. No yeah. one no, like My kids, I love having time with my kids and that. My daughter's 20 now and she owns me. Can I just say, no one has owned me on the football field like my daughter. I've got this 20-year-old daughter. And let me tell you, she's going overseas for holiday. 
And can I tell you, I wish I was 20 and, and could plan a holiday without having the finances to back themselves up. But anyway, but I'll let her slide, I'll let her slide on that because she's my daughter and she's a legend. Yeah. What about, her. I mean, are, are any of them funny? Uh, like, do, do, do they make you laugh, your, your kids? Oh, yeah, the, your but, kids? But they all do. They all do. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I love how they all, all gang up on me, like Tristan and, and Tara. Even Tristan. People don't understand this. Tristan's actually quite a smart kid. Yeah. He's... um. He's trying so hard not to be me and not to be a footballer. He writes short poems. He plays the piano. Oh, wow. um, yeah, he, he studies law. And he's, he's had a tough couple of years. Yeah. But even all the boys now, all the boys see me and they go, mate, the young bloke, he's nothing like you. <laughs> oh, okay. I appreciate that, okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. But even his skill set's good. And I think you guys have seen him because he actually played yeah. New South Wales um, Catholic. He was a fullback for New South Wales Catholic. Yeah, yeah. And before he went through a tough couple of years, he was actually going to sign with the Rebels. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay, so he's going to come so over. So remember Sean Byrne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Byrne rung me to sign him. So, oh, there but, you go. but the thing I know now is like even when I see him play, I, 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 even in even a Triple M and SCA, everyone that sees me, everyone knows me as Tristan's dad. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 any 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 parent that doesn't want their kids to be better than them, yeah, um, there's there's some serious issues there. And do they do, do they laugh at the stuff that you do? Like, oh, can yeah. you can you still make them laugh, or is oh, it kind yeah. of like dad? Oh yeah, I can, but they get sick of it now. Yeah. Like, so when I come home and I talk. About the big Dell, she goes. My, my daughter goes. I don't need the big Dell. I just need my dad. Here. Oh, and it just puts you in your place. No one puts in my place like my daughter. You know, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about um outside of like footy and everything? Like the everyday people, like they're they're encouraging you to be big deal, be big deal. They it's those the people that sort of like it. Is that the yeah. you know when as you're growing up, which we you know we can talk about your suspension yeah. and those parties. Sure. Is that what led to it? Like everyone else encourages oh, it? No, but I just think I, I made choices around my life, like. And this is this will shock you, but like the higher up the ladder you go, the more people want to knock you off. But but the more famous people you meet, yep, yeah. Like a good story, I met Nelson Mandela playing for the Wallabies. Oh wow, oh, wow. yeah. So in two thousand and four, uh, we get told because obviously I met the Queen. Everyone's met the Queen, but I met yeah. the Queen twice. Anyway, so um, Eddie Jones goes to us. You know, um, Eddie goes, "Hey boys, just to let you know, um, this weekend you're going to get to meet Nelson Mandela." And for all of us, we're like, "Mate, Mandela, you know, shit." David, like yeah. this is, I don't care. Where you come from, what age, everyone knows Mandela. He's the most famous person I've ever met. Yeah. Anyway, so before the game, we're lined up at Alice Park. At Alice Park, you know, Johannesburg, the yeah. home of rugby. Anyway, it's like it's 90,000, 85, 90,000. It's, it's a coliseum. And the, the love that everyone has for this man, you know, who went, you know, went to jail for 26, 27 years, came out, had no hate, you know, he's just mm. love. Yeah. Man, I would have hated everybody and everything. As we're lining up, in myself, myself I'm getting nervous because yeah. I'm meeting Mandela. Yeah. And, I, and I, I, I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know whether to call him Mr. President or, or, or yeah, yeah. Mandela. But can I say, when I shook his hand, I singly think in my life, everything I've worked for was for that moment. Wow. You know, I, I know that I've won grand finals, I've been a part of World Cups and everything, and I've had kids. But, and my kids who are special, but to meet someone of that iconic sort of you know stature, but just to see the aura that he had in that stadium. And I reckon after about 10, 12 minutes, the whistle went. I reckon South Africa went bang, bang, bang. We were down 14-3 after about 10 minutes. Wow. And they played for this bloke because it was his birthday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So it was a tactic from him. Bring out Mandela oh, and yeah. smash the Wallabies. Oh, of course. <laughs> but like, but also we, we wanted to negate what they were doing because we knew they would have came out because we were a tough side back then, the Wallabies. Yeah. You know, we had Stephen Larkham, Sterling Mortlock. We had Todd Okefe. We had a gun side, you know. Yeah. Uh, we had Lottie on one wing. We had me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Chris Latham, we had a gun side. Yeah, yeah, I remember but, that but, side. But we couldn't stop him. We couldn't stop him. 
So you like as someone who, as you said, you, you've played in grand finals at the highest level on the world stage and stuff. Were, were nerves something that would you know come into you and, and like you would see in the change room? And would you ever use you know humor or your jovial personality to try and relax people? Would that ever happen? Nah, for me it was it was the fear of failure. It was yep. the fear of it. My, my anxiety levels were like. I can't let my teammates down. I can't yep. let myself down and my family, but also I can't let Australia down. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or Queensland, you know, or the Broncos or Dragons. It's just there's something in me where um, I don't know. I know athletes are, are born different, but also I just think it's you as a person. I think people don't understand athletes are deeper thinkers than they are. But even with me, mine's layer on layer. So I, I have conversations with Wayne Bennett every two weeks. Yeah, and we talk about anything, and we have we have a laugh on our ring, and we go. Yeah, Wayne, uh, it's the best swing of the Broncos ever. You know, you know, and then, then he'll go, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just it's a lot of Dakiri, you know? <laughs> so, but I love that people get my personality and people yeah. get that they allow me to be me. But also, I know that I've I've cut my circle now for people who, who don't just take from me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting about Wayne Bennett as well. And for those of you who don't know heaps about, you know, rugby league and, and, and the coaching world, Wayne Bennett, greatest coach of all time. Uh, but also, you know, some people can see Wayne Bennett as kind of, you know, prickly, standoffish and all that kind of stuff. But he's very much not like that, is he? He, no. he can be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Mate, he can be. And yeah. uh, I think he thinks he's Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he looks like him. And sometimes I think I met him Murphy. So I remember, um, you know, a couple of things that I've had a chat with him about. So mm. it was we beat the Roosters in 2000 and we're a place called City Rolls, which was a pretty good bar. Yeah. And it was day two, day day two or day three, and it was about 11 o'clock in the morning. This is when no, no camera phones are around. Yeah. And I'm drinking vodka and Red Bull. That'll shock you. <laughs> anyway, I've had this shirt off, and I said, Wayne, I look at him, I said, Wayne, you must get an ego from all these players that you've coached. You know, there's Gordon Tallis there, Darren Lockyer, all these co- players that you've coached and made them into, like, superstars. And he pauses, mm-hmm. and he looks at me, and he goes, what my job is as a coach and a mentor is what sort of men you become when you finish playing football. Yeah. And then I just sort of, I didn't fob it off. I listened to it. And then I obviously, I continued to skull the vodka red bull and order another <laughs> one. And this is when there was no like sort of CCTV. And we were we, we drinking 11 o'clock in the morning when there was, and then when I went through my adversity, my two years out of the game, mm. he was there. He was going to say, this is the toughest two years of your life. You're not going to have the tools to, to be able to play football, to beat someone, to the, but this is what you're going to have to do. And he, and he helped me get back on track. And he said, when I came back from my suspension, he said, and don't forget, as an athlete, you lose the bright lights because it's not just the bright lights that you have. Yeah. It's it's the commercials that you do. It's the sponsors that you have. So I had a lot of really good loyal sponsors. And that's what Wayne said to me. Wayne goes, people give you a second chance because, you're mate, you're a decent person if you earned that. He goes, but if you stuff up again, they're not going to forgive you. So that, that always resonates with me. Yeah. Okay. So just going back to before, you know, that time out of the game and partying and yeah. stuff. I mean, Nathan, I grew up watching you, mate. Like We're, we're huge fans. Yeah. It's an honor to sit here with you today and, you know, have these conversations with someone, you know, we admired. But- I was at that Dragons grand final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best day of my that life. Was a great grandfather. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but like, when I, you know, watch out, watch your paper, the Bronx and Queensland and stuff. Like, I'll be honest. Like, you know, me and Nath, is, we're probably like, I want to party with Del. He yeah. seems like a fun time. Yeah. Is that what it became? Like, you talking yeah. about me and Nelson, but who are you partying with? Who are you going yeah. out with? Like, oh, what is your everyone, life? Like, so we we would finish the Wallabies match, and then we get a call from uh, Hugo's or you know the bosses, you know Evans or uh, mm. Will and Toby's, and you know then you'd go there and I'd go, oh, who are you bringing? I said, oh, I'm bringing three or four of the boys. You know, three or four boys. I know that a lot of good time. Yeah. And, uh, and then you walk in, and Annalise Brackensack was there, and there'd be a, a Hollywood actor there, and then <laughs> yeah, wow. and there'd be drinks there, and there'd be like, and then it'd be like, oh, staff drinks. Oh, you guys can stay. Oh, mate, how good's this? Yeah, yeah. Shirts off, like you know. <laughs> I, I, know I know it seems a bit like sort of tossy, but no, like, no, no. And but we like that because don't forget. 
those camera fines, uh, they're the devil now. Like, yeah. you can't do that anymore. Like, yeah. I feel sorry for these players. Yeah. So, I mean, when you're, you know, when you're yeah. in those rooms yeah. with, you know, Hollywood actresses yeah. and all that, like all these big celebrities, yeah. is Big Dill commanding the room? Are you, are you like, yeah. is everyone circled around you and you've got them laughing? Is that how that works? Well, it's or? a bit of both because yeah. people know who you are because when you play, like my, my profile because of League to Rugby Union went to another level because yeah. you'd walk into a room and then like people would know who you were. Like I think one of my mates sent me a message one time and he goes, oh, something about um, Chris Hemsworth. And uh, my mate of mine goes, oh, mate, I'm here working out with him now. He said, whenever, whenever you're in Byron, uh, I'll give him a call and work out with him, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and then I'm thinking, I'm not going to embarrass myself. Chris Hemsworth, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm strong. I do what I need to do. I'm not doing what Chris Hemsworth's doing, you know? Before. So we've yeah. got that sort of network and some of our friends are, you know, mate, mate come over. When, when you go to America, you know, mate, when you go to America and – People know who you are, and it's it's mostly because of um, the Wallabies jersey was so iconic too. Remember back in the day, yeah. we'd finish a game, and then Sam Neill would be in there, and you know there'd be like it's just the who of who. So it, it did go to my head. I'll be honest, it did yeah. go to my head, and um, you know, and as Wayne Wayne said, he goes, mate, you, you know, you, you obviously you lost sight of who you were, but yeah, but I came back to where I was, and um, the humble thing I had to do was go back and play Shell Harbour, play reserve grade, yeah. and earn the right again at the Dragons. Those two years I had. That got me back. I wanted to finish on the right terms for my mum and dad and for myself. Yeah, you, of course. Do you regret any of it, though? Because I think, like, nah. hearing this, yeah, like, your nah. life, like, I think people don't know that. Like, what you've gone through, like, you talk about that, you know, eight-year-old Dell, yeah. you know, back home getting bullied, not knowing your parents. Yeah. It's like, I work for this. I'm allowed. Because they would, party, like, people, given that, you know, that watch the game, yeah. if they were in the same situation, they would party, but they judge you. Like, do you yeah, have no, any? I, I think, look, it's, it's human nature to make mistakes. It's what you learn from. Because I had a couple of warnings. I never blame the ARU because, man, I... You know, I got on the piss a few times middle of the week, and then um, I think there was two of the boys got into a fight, and I tried to help them out, but then obviously I was there, so once again, I was involved, you yeah. know. Um, so for me, I had enough warnings, but, you know, I had to take myself out of that um, situation, but I kept putting myself in that situation, so I had to own it. So I reckon the two years I had of their game was the making of who I am today, because without that, uh, I could have went down, you know, we saw Ben Cousins, we saw a lot of other people just haven't come back from that. Yeah. But I came back from it because I had, to, I had to recheck myself. And also, I wasn't being the best husband or father at that point in, point in my life. Yeah. When you were, you know, I mean, I want to go back to at yeah. school, you get pulled in front of the, you know, the, the headmaster and that kind <laughs> of stuff and you go, what'd you do this time? Yeah. Was there ever any of that when you got, you know, you got in trouble, pulled in front of the coach or pulled in oh, front yeah. of the AOU, pulled in front of the yeah. referee? Was there ever any yeah. of that? Was it, you know, Always. you know, number 11, come here. Always. Was there, was there some lip back to a referee? Oh, 100%. <laughs> that was the problem too. Like, I just didn't like... You know, I like discipline. I just didn't like discipline. Yeah. I like to do things my own way. The only coach who's been able to keep me in line was Wayne Bennett. Eddie Jones did a good job too, but then I was I about to say, yeah, how was Eddie? Eddie was great. Eddie was great yeah. with me. Um, can I tell you a really good story about Eddie Jones? Yeah, yeah. You guys will love this story. This this yeah. story is a great story. <laughs> so this is probably the best story. On the back of what Eddie's done now, Eddie Eddie probably, you know, he won't like this, but anyway. So <laughs> He's going to Japan, allegedly, yeah. anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just hearsay. So... <laughs> Um, it was about 2005, so we had never won in South Africa. And then all of a sudden, um, we, we made a pact that we, we had a drink on the weekend, but we said, look, let's not drink until we play South Africa and we're a big chance of winning this game. And we all like, you know, all put hands in and made the pact, you know, it was cool. And then about Wednesday night, a couple of blokes go, what are you on for dinner tonight? Because you get, you get Wednesday nights off and then yeah. Thursday, you know, um, uh, Wednesday night to, to go to dinner, Thursday night. Anyway, so there was me. Matt Henjack, Lottie Dekiri, yeah, okay, and Matt Dunning, okay, <laughs> Dunning, yeah, four blokes who, yeah, <laughs> Dunning. So I thought, mate, being the senior player, yeah. I thought I'll go out and have a look. And the boy, so we went out for dinner. Mm. The boys just go, let's go to this bar and let's have a few drinks. No one will know. 
and you know me, I've been known to be a rule breaker. So I said, yeah, sweet, yeah. I'm, so, but then we have a bit of a, we have a few more than we think. Matt Hanjack and Lottie get into a fight. Matt Hanjack throws tequila in Lottie's face. It's they, on. So Lottie half has a swing at him. Yeah. These two big South African, um, they were African. They, they were like six six. That they, they, they made me look small. So I'm usually security able, guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm usually able to talk our way out of stuff. All of a sudden, they grab Matt Hanjack and try to walk him out. And I said, Hey, mate, mate, we're from the Wallabies, mate. Like, mate, the boys are okay. We sort of he goes, No, nah, got to go, got to go. Anyway, so we sat on that for two or three days, and in my head I go, We're gone here. We're yeah. gone. We're, we're in trouble here because all the players are going to know that we were out. We're on the drink. And also, Eddie's going to absolutely, you know. Anyway, so uh, Thursday came, Friday came, and then whispers started getting around Saturday morning. Um, the South African press, you know, uh, Wallabies out on the piss, you know, uh, the drunk the drunk Wallabies and all this. And yeah. anyway, and all the boys started going, were you guys out the other night? And then I said a lot. I said, mate, we're done. Anyway, so sure enough, Eddie Jones calls my room, and he goes, you need to come to my room now, mate. And I was going, what? So I got to the, he goes, mate, were you out the other night? And I went, yeah, but I, I wasn't the one. He goes... Pack your bags, you're fucking going home. Oh. Yeah. I said, what? He goes, you're fucking going home. Oh. Yeah. So, of course, I was a senior player. Of course, he trusted me. On game day against South Africa, he told me to pack my bags and I was, he's going to fly me home. Yeah. So, I'm thinking, this is, mate, not just embarrassing. I wasn't the one in, in that sort of situation, but I understood. So, I went back in the room and I said, Lottie, I said, mate, I'm going home. He said, what? He said, what did he say? I said, I didn't get to say anything. He just told me to pack my bags. I'm going home. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so for about an hour, I'm packing my bags. And I think I'm going home because it's five hours before the game. But he's he's ropeable, Eddie Jones. He's mm. ropeable about it, okay? Because yeah. he knows that I'm a person that had the opportunity to go like, nah, boys, we're not going out. But he knew I was weak, okay? Yeah. And sure enough, about an hour and a half later after that, he calls me and he goes, if you don't play the fucking game of your life, it'll be the last gold jersey you fucking wear. Oh. And then, obviously, I, you know, I, I felt the redemption of it, and um, um, I played all right. We lost that game, uh, owned by a couple of points, but uh, us four got hauled in after the boys when we got back to the hotel, and he looked at Matty, Matty Hanjack, and he goes, you're a fuckwit. You're going home tomorrow. <laughs> he looked at Matty Dunning, and he goes to Matty Dunning, he goes, would you drink at home before a, before a game? And uh, he goes, yeah, I would. And he goes, well, you know what? He goes, there's a minibar. Go fucking help yourself. Oh. And then he looks, looks at Lottie, and then uh, he loved Lottie. So Lottie got a bit of a pass. He looked at me, and he just shook my head. So that was Eddie Jones. That's when he had the power. And, you know, that's why we've all backed him lately, too, because if you can have that power over players like us, we thought he'd do a good job this World Cup. But, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's an Eddie Jones story for yeah, you. Wow. That, was, that was ruthless. I mean, Dell, on the on the topic of stories and stuff, I feel like, I mean, we've spoken to, you know, so many different comics and, and, and funny people from so many different walks of life and stuff. And different people, of course, have, have different ways to get their humor across and charisma yeah. across. I think the thing for you, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it, yeah. is your storytelling. I yeah. mean, it's something you do, you know, on the rush hour uh, on Triple M, on radio, sure. it's something you've done on TV, on podcasts a lot. Have you given much thought into, you know, your skill set as someone who's quite funny mm. and and whether or not, like, you know what your strengths are? Because I feel like you're you're one of the best storytellers that I know. Do you know yeah, how good look, you are at telling I, stories and how funny they are? I, I, look, I don't think the last six, 12 months, and I think because I've had a lot going on with my family mm. and obviously, you know, I had a couple of mates last year went through a tough time and... I just I found, I found this year has been my best year probably on radio because I've been able to tell those stories, been able to enjoy myself, 
And as I said to my daughter, I said, you know what, honey, I've just really started to fall in love with myself. You know, again. <laughs> and my daughter goes, Dad, there's never been a problem with that. Right? I've got to tell you, my 20-year-old daughter, mate, wait till you meet her. She's so sassy in that. And I, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I brought her in here one day and, and even, um, you know, our boss, Laura Brooks, she goes, oh, mate, she owns you. I said, like no other. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Did yeah. you ever think, look, and, you know, we're, we're going to have to have a part two with Dell. We always knew this. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Knew. So we'll get back in because yeah. I'd love to chat more about your media sure. career. But let's stay with sort of, you know, like yeah. rugby and that. But through that career, like rugby league, rugby union, you know, you had your two years off the redemption. Were you ever thinking post, like career course, media? You were? Well, that's the reason why I came to Sydney. Everything I do, I think ahead. Yep. When I went to, when I left rugby league, and I, I think you guys know this. Yeah, um, yeah. No, so I was a part of that nine year, um, nine years of the Broncos. I was a part of four premierships, but I knew what to sign rugby. And I think you guys know the deal that I got. It was mm. like, it was like three point two million over four years. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And then you know, Sue Lee, Sue Lee gets one point six. I don't blame him, Joseph, because I know what he's going to do with that money. He's going to help his family out, and and he's earned that right because he's. And we all know this, whether it's the island culture or the indigenous culture. When you make it, your whole family makes it. Even my wife back in the day, she'd go, "Oh, look, um, a few of your cousins have called," and I said, "Look, just pay for the tickets, and I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get them, you know." So sometimes in an origin, I'd have like thirty tickets I pay for. And yeah, mate, they're not cheap. And then for the Wallabies, you know, I'd, I'd go to Perth, and then some of these cousins I haven't seen for a long time rung for tickets, and then I said, "Tara, just get them." That's yeah. that's that's the thing that people don't see about our culture and about um, when you make it at the top because you get all these phone calls and you and, and you just do it because it's just it's what we've done. One thing I respect is. Because my uncle was Eddie Marbo. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. My oh. uncle was Eddie Marbo. Is that your uncle? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, through adoption, wow. through, yeah, Bernetta Marbo and my mum were sisters. Wow. So I used to stay there when I used to do more athletics. So, um, and I saw him go through what he went through. So that's obviously another topic. Yeah. But, um, and I saw how hard he worked. So we've always looked after each other uh, as families. And then sometimes if we couldn't afford hotels and that, we'd get the mattresses out and just sleep on the floor, which that's, that's, that's the way, you know, a lot of people do it. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, when you career, like how much. Uh, you know, and you don't have to divulge this. So I saw yeah. Anthony Mundine talking about, did you see, talking about his Super League contract the other yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, So we got all this money up front yep. and he's asking, were, were those deals happening for you? And Yeah, yeah. Well, so I got $100,000. So I was on about 75 or 80 grand. Mm. Then it happened overnight. And I think I spoke about it on the, the Batuta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys do a really good job. Yeah. Um, I got 100000 overnight and then I got 300 a, 300 a year. Um, so a million dollar contract virtually. Yeah. And the first thing I bought was mum and dad a house and a car. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, wow. And, and for me, why I did that, I know you don't have to do as athletes, but, it's, but people don't understand um, how hard my mum and dad worked. So my dad died at 51. Yeah. So, when I, so he, didn't get me to, he didn't get to see me play for the Wallabies, but he took me everywhere and anywhere. And then even my first year at the Broncos, I'd ring up and say, uh, hey, mum and dad, can you send me $50 or something to the post office, you know, <laughs> yeah, money yeah. order and that. So mum and dad had sent me money and that. So that's, that resonates with me when I see all these young kids struggling. And even my son and my daughter, I said, do you understand how – what mum and dad sacrificed for me to get there. And that's the humility of, oh, and being humble of, of where I've come from. Mm. I know sometimes I don't show that, but it, even people stop me and go, mate, your mum and dad, beautiful people. I go all these countries. That's why I go all the country areas, because I understand that that was me back in the day. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you put a lot of, you know, your success behind the support that they gave oh, you yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Like you, your mum, like when you told her, you know, obviously your dad didn't see you, uh, see you play for Wallabies and stuff, yeah. but when you tell your mum, you know, oh, I'm playing for this team, I'm now, you know, I'm representing the country, uh, you know, I'm going into media, all that kind of for stuff. Sure. What was she saying to that? Oh, she was so proud. Like, and that's, you know, like the thing that oh, anyone that knows me, now that I'm a mummy's boy, yeah. When I, I post a lot of emotional stuff because it makes me think of my mum. Like she died obviously in the home by herself, but yeah. I remember um, the hardest thing I seen my mum go through was when I was in grade nine, and my dad he got sick, he had gout, and then he just you know when our family sort of 
we all look after each other, but mum and dad had no money in their bank. And then yeah. I sat home from school one day and I said, mum, what's wrong? And she said, oh, we've got no money. I said, what do you mean? She goes, we've got no food. So she had to go to St. Vincent's to Paul and get a food stamp that day. I stayed home from school that day. Yeah. You know, I remember I was in grade nine and I stayed home and I saw how upset she was. And I, I promised myself that my mum and my family would never want for anything again. Like just, it, I don't know, it just, it just built um, just a, I don't know, something in me that thought, you know, I never want to see my mum or, or people in my life you know, being that down and out. And to go there and ask for a handout, like St. Vincent's to Paul, because Serena was a small town. Yeah. And then she got this food voucher, uh, I think it was Food Mart at the time from St. Vincent's to Paul, and it was $200. Um, yeah. Is that is that why, you know, you have the two years off, you get to, and for those that don't know, yeah. drug you failed the drug test, yeah. get suspended for two years. Yeah. Party middle of the week, and yeah. then got suspended, and, and then obviously I failed it on the Sunday, which at the time, I didn't think anything of it, because I partied on the Wednesday night, which, you know, back then... You know, you push the boundaries, but I didn't think anything of it. I started counting days, which I knew for me that's in trouble. Mm. I started going to VCs and, um, you know, yeah. Bondi, um, what's the name, um, Hugo's, Hugo's, King's yeah. Cross. King's Cross was like, let's yeah. go, you want to come out? I didn't have the best people around me. They yeah. shouldn't have been ringing me, but but invariably stops with me. Yeah, mm. so you get you get suspended. You can't play for two years. Mm. Is that, you know, go? is it, is it nine-year-old Dale Usuri's mum get the food stamp? Is that what push you to get through it? Because you mentioned so many athletes who were oh, yeah. just given up in yeah. your situation. I think I think for about a month I felt sorry for myself. Why me? Why me? I know why me because I put myself in a situation. You know, you're on the page, you're on the front page, front you're on the page, back, back page. page. My kids, um, my kids, my wife, my wife was getting up, taking the kids to school, and you know, living at Bronte at the time. You know, yeah. it was pretty good. Um, and then you know, but I, I was still like having to go and meet lawyers and that. And I said, listen, I'm not taking two years. I said, I paid on a Wednesday night. And they said, listen, they can give you a year, but they want you gone. They're going to give you two years. And then, you know, after about a month, I, th I thought, okay. I thought, okay. I thought, I'll, I'll take the two years because they wanted me to start dobbing people in and around sort of, mm. you know. And I just to give you a year. Yeah, yeah. So oh. I cut it back. Oh, and I cut thought, a deal. Yeah, cut a deal. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, mum and dad have always taught me, you know, uh, if you make a mistake, put up your hand, get on with it. And then I had to work my way back. And the things that I did outside that with the community, Arthur Beetson, Gene Moles, up at Far North Queensland, just, you know, with these kids in remote communities, that helped probably take away that A-list lifestyle, which, look, to be honest, every now and then, you know, you go back, you're like, but I suppose that brought back the country boy in me that that sort of, that lost his way a little bit. So I always thank Arthur Beetson. Obviously, he's passed away now. Gene Miles, one of my heroes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but Gene Miles' son, son-in-law, is Corey Oates. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. So, and Gene Miles is one of my heroes. He's like, if you ask me my top three you know, sort of players of all time, as in legend, yeah. I'd say uh, Gene Miles, Dale Shearer, yeah. and probably someone like Brad Clyde. Brad Clyde. Oh, my Brad Clyde was a beast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you play with him at Broncos? Who's that? Brad Clyde. No, Is I played against him. I was yeah. on the tour. I was on yeah. tour. Um, you know, his daughter used to work in SCA. She was really? uh, she's singer Taylor Clyde. Yeah. No She used way. to work here. Yeah, I think she used to do the, what's the Black Thunders or what's the things? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the street, street teamers. Team, like, yeah, the yeah, hit yeah. squad Mate, or whatever it was. A, she, she can sing that girl. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Del, so that, I mean, obviously that time, mm. shit house, a, a rough time for you. Mm. What did that do to, you know, the jovial, outlandish, oh. funny Wendell at that time? What did that do to that guy? Oh, yeah. Look, I went through some dark days. I went through because, you know, the way that people would look at you and like, you know, Drugs back then, uh, and, and obviously the drinking, you know, like, man, how can this guy stuff up his career, you know? He had the world at his feet, you know? And I just, I sort of had to own a little bit, but also the impact that it had on my wife and kids. I remember one day, uh, Tristan, he was eight, and uh, he won the Brad, Brad Fittler player of the, 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 the match. Yeah. And I think, I, actually, Tom, I think it was Brian Fletcher or um, one of the, I don't know if it was Sean Kenny Dale, okay. presented him the award. And I, I was still there because, I, you know, it is. You've got to yeah, front yeah. up, mate. You've got to front up you, with your family. Can't yeah. hide. And then, anyway, so as Tristan's walking back with the trophy, I walk back to the car just to give, you know, and the Tara's walking back. 
And some dad says to Tristan, he's eight, goes, oh, geez, you're a good little player. He goes, when you get older, don't take drugs and ruin your career like your dad oh. did. Mate, what sort of what sort of man? What sort of blood? Says to an eight year old. So that's when I knew that I had to come back and right the wrongs. But also, I had to show my kids that you can make mistakes, but it's about coming back from it. So that's what steal me too. And then you know that's that's the sort of stuff that was happening. People didn't know about, and that's why I seek up for current players now. Because mm. you know, you have a look at young Kyle Turner, what yeah. he went through, and then we put so much pressure on our athletes and young people these days, men and women. How, I mean, how hard was it as well? You mentioned it that it's not. It's a you know, it's not a sport problem. It is always pushed as a sport problem. It's a society problem. Everyone's doing yeah. drugs, everyone's drinking, and it's an Australian culture thing. Yeah. But how hard was it when you know that so many other people are doing it? You would have been doing it, seeing other people do it, and you're going, why me? Like, how? that must have been hard as well. You know why me? Because it was an escapism that I chose, you know. Alcohol at the time was getting to be a problem for me, binge drinking. But then, you know, then the boys would go, oh, mate, no, you're sweet. And the drug scene, the drug scene wasn't a major thing until I moved to Sydney. And then, you know, it's Sydney was it was a different beast, you know. And I don't blame coming to Sydney. Like at the end of the day, I'm a big boy. Like I was mm. on ridiculous money, yep. and I had people around me that like, you know, that wanted to be on the on the bandwagon. Yep. But let me tell you, when it went bad, they weren't they weren't there to be found. The people yeah. were walking through the door when I stuffed up. They're the people that are still in my corner now. When do you think, Del, you were able to, you know, talk about it like uh, like you are talking about it now, so honestly and so open, and you can, you know, almost make jokes about it and, you know, oh. laugh at that that Del and, and the decisions he made? Was that something that's happened, you know, recently in the last few years? No, probably five or six years ago because I yeah. do a lot of corporate stuff. Just before I do a lot of corporate stuff, I, you know, I've got a lot of mates who are all around the world do a lot of things. And, mate, I think if you own it and people know that, so whenever I do talks, there's nothing written. Everything is off. Nothing's off limits, and I'll go anywhere. But also, I'll read the room. So if there's women in there, I'll tell it. You know, if there's kids in the room, you know, I'll be careful not to swear. Um, yeah, but as you said, if you're a storyteller, you can read the rooms. Well, yeah, absolutely. And do you think, I mean, going back to, you know, the time with your mum and the food stamps yep. and you're staying home from school and she's telling you, you know, yep. we've got no money, nothing to eat. Like all that time, do you think that's why now you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're somebody who's really dedicated to just bringing joy to people. You, I mean, you, you do laps of this office that isn't even yeah. your floor to talk to mm, people. Everyone to put, knows big deal to, to in the office. To put smiles on your face. You yeah. talk to receptions, you talk to sales. Not many people do that particularly. I mean, let alone people who have come from sport, but people in the media Industry. Why do you talent think that, yeah, ta- talent that they use yeah. loosely? Why do you think you're so dedicated to you know making people laugh, making people yeah. smile, and bringing joy? I know I like I like people. I've always liked people. People have given me a reason to live. That's what I and I say that like when I went through those dark days where I was just going when people were hating on me, I'm going. You know, I, I did have some mental health problems. I was just going like one one day I. I drove to the Gap and I didn't. I would never do anything, but mm. it, it just goes through your head when people keep telling you this that, and I just think when people allow you to be yourself. I try and see the kindness, bring kindness out in people, and I try to see the best in people. But and if people don't like me, or if people, I get that because not everyone's got to like you. Mm. But you know what you do? You got to like yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, look, Del, we'd love to yeah. come back and do an episode two. We've got to do yeah, an episode good. two. Yeah, well, yeah, I love you guys. Are good. <laughs> but I, I just want to finish on you know the question is, were you born funny? Um, I, I mean, from chatting to you, I, I feel like the the personality, the persona you've created, you've worked really hard at to give you a life outside of yeah. football. I think it's something that you've You've worked really hard at it, and now you're a great storyteller. You're a funny bloke. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, look, I think I'm getting better. I think uh, I compose myself, and sometimes I used to get really excited telling a story. And then, you know, I think having people around me that could bring the best out in you, whether it's been producers here, whether it's people that just said, oh, now I work with a guy called Drew Bolton who tells a great story. In the last couple of years, he's helped me. Gus has helped me. But also, calling the football. I like calling the football, but I'm really enjoying being able to, to be myself and bring – 
my stories from my life's been very surreal. I'm 50 next year, and you know what? I wouldn't give it up for the world, everything that I've been through, good and bad. I can tell you now, if any of our producers ever muck up, Jim, I'm going to look them down the barrel of their eye and say, I'll throw you into the fucking grandstand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kempi. I, I do apologise, mate. But look at Kempi now. If I, if I see Carrie and Tommy in the hallway, <laughs> I will throw you into the fucking grandstand, Tommy Little. Look, look at that, and Kempi's kicked on now. So, Kempi, you don't have to thank me, but I know I've helped your career. Wendell Saddle. True, Kempi. You've done, you've done them all a favour, mate. That's what I do, mate. I just, I, I just build you give, them up. You yeah. give and you give oh, and you give. Just to give her, I'm like a black Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dell. We Thanks, love you, guys. Black Jesus. Thank you very much, buddy. Love you, guys. Oh, hey, you're still here. Well, you must have liked this, then. I may as well give you a sneak peek for next week. It's, it's another, another funny, funny person. Anissa Nandaula. Who gave us stuff like this. Anissa, we're going to move to the most multicultural part of Australia. <laughs> and I grew up in Rockhampton, Queensland. <laughs> so. More from the next week. See you then. Listener.